Are y'all ready to get this started? Three, two, one. You're listening to Overtime. What's up, guys? Miles Nelson, joined in studio by the founder himself, Frank Kugel. And with us, as always, exactly 339 miles away, we have Tyler Webb. Gentlemen, how's it going? Hey, Miles. I'm really excited. We're finally getting the hang of this whole podcast thing. And I mean, it's it's sounding pretty well every week. I'm happy to announce we're going to get on a new schedule. I think you guys are really going to like it. So instead of being just random days throughout the week, we're gonna re- we're gonna stick to Thursdays. That's our thing. I think we just want to be consistent on top of things for you guys, um, while we still bring on some awesome guests for you guys. Yeah, I and mean, for sure, like Frank said, this is, is pretty exciting for us. We really love the feedback that we've been getting. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, we're gonna be introducing some new segments, you know, coming up this show, future shows, new ways to get you guys involved as well. So stay tuned for those. We're looking forward to it over here. All right, so now all that stuff's out of the way. Um, speaking of new segments, we're going to introduce one right now. Um, so the new segment this week is called LVP, Least Valuable Player. Uh, so Tyler, can you explain what it is and then tell us who your Least Valuable Player is? Yeah, so Least Valuable Player is pretty self-explanatory. You have MVPs of the week, you have MVPs of leagues, whatever. We're going to take a little spin on it, and we're going to go Least Valuable Player because... It is pretty obvious, and I think a lot of people are going to talk about who did the best every single week. I think it's funnier. I think it's a little bit more interesting if we talked about the guys that kind of sucked it up uh, last week in football. So I actually have a, uh, a couple LVPs this last week. One of them you guys probably obviously saw. That would be Joe Flacco. Um, I don't know whether it was the time change that got the guy or whether it's the fact that he had to play an elusive Jacksonville Jaguars team, but uh, I think... And we've talked about this, and it's funny because we've always joked that, you know, Miles could play quarterback for the Bears or something, but I legitimately think it's it's a little bit of a joke. It's not a funny one, but it's a joke. And, I, you know, I think that any one of us, anybody with a couple arms could have gone in and uh, had a better QBR than Joe Flacco. He went for eight completions, 28 yards, two picks, and had a total QBR of 12, which um, I think that if you guess... Uh, the letter C on the ACT, you can get a higher ACT score <laughs> than Joe Flacco had a QBR last week. Oh. So he is my first um, He is my first LVP of the week. Uh, my second one was one that I saw kind of all over social media. That is falling down the stairs, kid. And we actually posted a video of somebody doing this on our page. But it's, it's high school football season. It's midseason. I'm sure you guys have seen this. But there's always this one kid, if you go to high school, that that's in high school. And while probably a lot of you guys are down on the field playing, there's one, this one idiot that really tries to make a name for himself. And this is a big joke now because he, they run up the stairs with a flag, and on the way back down, they always just eat shit, like, halfway down the bleachers and, like, are on a near-death experience, like, hurtling down to, all, to eat a face full of metal. Um, so that's my other LVP of the week because those kids are losers that actually try to, like, be cool by running down bleachers never works. Never you know, seen it work. I hope. I hope you know people listening to this. If you know that kid or a kid like that, mm-hmm. please let us know because I want to. I want to get in the mind of an idiot like that. Yeah. And see we exactly will, what they think. And so please, we will if interview you know the kid. that kid or someone like that. Let mm-hmm. us know. We're going to interview that kid. We're going to interview falling down the stairs kid and see what was going through his mind in the moments leading up and like mid air too because. 
the, the video that I saw and one of the ones that we posted, he was in the air for a solid, like, four bleachers, so he had a lot of time to think <laughs> and definitely regret his decision. So those are my LVPs. Uh, Miles, who do you got? Alrighty, so as you guys know, listening, uh, I'm a Bears fan. Unfortunately, actually not unfortunately, because we gotta win this year or this week. one and two, baby. <laughs> this year, this year. is that those were all your expectations. Were. We, we have our we have our win for this year. Yeah. Anyways, so the Bears played the Steelers on Sunday, and they played a pretty solid game. And at the end of the first half, the Steelers were kicking a field goal, and the Bears blocked it. Huge play. Um, and it would have cut the, it, if the Steelers would have made it, it would have been 14-10 going in the half, which would have, you know, momentum would have been for the Steelers. But we block it, and it's great. And Marcus Cooper Sr., who's a cornerback for the Bears, picks up the ball. No one's near him. He runs all the way down. At the two-yard line, he decides to showboat and walk a little slower, and the Steelers knock the ball out of his hand. He loses the touchdown. And... <laughs> As a Bears fan, it just makes sense that this would happen to me. Um, I wasn't really, I don't know why I was expecting something good to come out of a Bears game like this. Because we have to I'm have glad. some idiotic play that happens because that's just who we are. But I'm I think, glad that's the expectation. I'm glad that's the it, expectation it now for been, you I mean, that you're just like, it happened you know, and, you know. You can't, you can't have, as, as a Bear fan, you can't have two goods happen in a row. It's almost no. like... It's like, it's oh, like we're, a curse. We're, up, it's we're like... up on the Steelers in, in the end of a half. Oh, let's let's ruin it by doing some dumbass play. So <laughs> we're, we're up at, we're up on the Steelers. We just blocked a field goal. Let's try to capitalize. Good things come in three, except exactly. for the Bears. They, I mean, they, they ended up getting a field goal from the play because it was a illegal bat of the end zone and fumble and I, I don't know the whole, you know, logistics, <laughs> but it, they got a field goal instead of a touchdown. So my least valuable player of this week was Marcus Cooper Senior. Uh, Frank, who do you got? You know, I don't really have a least valuable player. I think I'm just going to go and nail right on the head with the Cleveland Browns. My, <laughs> my least valuable player is a whole team. The Cleveland <laughs> Browns. Because I want to ask, what the actual fuck is going on in Cleveland? You know, I, think, I didn't think yeah. it would be possible that a team would be worse than last year's Cleveland team. Um, it looks like it looks like it's, it's going to happen. Yep. It yep, looks it's like it possible. could happen. It's really, I mean, it's really interesting because I'd love to talk to a Cleveland fan because obviously, Miles, you're you're very upfront about the fact that you don't expect much out of the Bears. I if cannot I was a imagine. Fan, oh my gosh! Oh my! God. I cannot imagine how low the expectations are, and I think you just have to have them set so low just to like mentally survive throughout a Cleveland Brown season. Because I think if you get your hopes up, like, oh, maybe this quarterback will work out, or maybe like one person we drafted will actually pan out for once ever. Um, I think if you ever had any expectation like that, you just end the season just totally decimated. So I think it's probably for Cleveland Browns fans even more so than you, Miles. They're just they just go into the season with bare like if we win a game, you know that's that's a win for the season. You know I saw so Joe Thomas, the Browns' only decent player in the last ten years. I saw a great quote, guy. Yeah, a quote by him. he's a great guy. Um, but yeah, a quote by him the other day, and he was saying like someone asked him how many Browns quarterbacks have you. Had you know, yeah, I saw this. Yeah. He, he said, One time in the huddle, I saw a quarterback that I've never met before. I had to introduce myself and shake his hand. And that, if that could sum up the Browns the past 10 years, that would be it. They've had so many quarterbacks, so many god, yeah, just I don't even like if that's if, if a team needed a quarterback help, my quarterback help, the Browns would be the one, honestly. Yeah, I think I think, think I could go in for a couple of plays and they would just be like, Oh, it's just. Nelson, another one. Like they wouldn't, do you they th- wouldn't know any different. Than me <laughs> do you think the, the league? 
Do you think the league needs the Cleveland Browns just to kind of be like the little, you know, like the in shit no, team of the... No, no, in no universe does any league need the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that that's bad. <laughs> that's just bad. <laughs> I mean, if you look at their record, um, I have this pulled up. So in 2010, they won five games. In 2011, they won four games. 2012, <laughs> five games. Oh. And it just keeps going, so... 2015, yeah. they won three games, and last year they won one game. One game. What's your, what's your Good job, prediction? Cleveland Browns. What's your prediction for this year? <laughs> the I'm official Cleveland Browns prediction, yeah. I, I think, you know what? I thought this year going in that the Jets would be the worst team in the league and that the Jets had a real they, possibility of going 0-6. I think like they, they, had, they had... They thought so, too. Yeah, yeah they like thought every, so, too. Uh, every like, prediction for the season, the, the Jets never had a game. But right. Well, they, except they here's the thing. Jay Cutler yeah. went to Miami. He wasn't originally supposed to be in That's Miami. True. So Jay Cutler, you know. And as soon as that happened, the Jets fans were like, okay, now we got one. We get to play Jay Cutler. <laughs> so we get one. Um, but no, I, full-heartedly, I would not be surprised if the Browns go one and, you know, if they win a game or go 0-16. I would not be surprised. Do you, do you guys expect something? Well, like I think it's so, it's so hard to, like, not – I can't – like – you can't just get lucky for one game and not win a game in the NFL. And unfortunately, I, I'm just looking at the Browns' uh, schedule that they, they don't play the Dolphins. So um, it looks like they won't be able to reap the benefit of Jay Cutler. Yeah, they won't be able to reap the benefit of Jay Cutler. It's actually funny because they play the Bears this year. So that might be the oh, worst so game in the history of ever. It's, it's actually on Christmas. It's on Christmas Eve at noon, so it's like the Christmas present that nobody <laughs> ever wanted. It's literally, it's literally like getting socks for Christmas. All right, guys, so I'm excited to bring you guys our guest this week, Joe Selfo. So Joe uh, began his career at South Alabama University. In 2012, he was a redshirt. In 2013, he played 10 games as a reserve. And then in 2014 and 15, he started all 13 games at center, and he earned first-team all-sun belt as a junior. And then his final year, he took advantage of the graduate transfer rule, transferred to NC State, became a full-time starter, and he actually gained honorable mention all ACC honors. So, Joe, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad to, to talk some football and life with you guys. Absolutely. Um, so, obviously, you know, you're a successful athlete, and you're a damn good football player. So, what aspects of your training that can you share that led you becoming the player you are today? Yeah, so, um, as far as my training goes, you know, everybody kind of does the standard, you know, lift weights and everything, but... Um, I did that along with uh, strengthening my mind, training my mind, um, and I think that that really helped me achieve a lot of the goals that I set for myself, you know, at an early age, uh, as far as just, you know, the mental side of the game, as far as reading, researching, doing things to to help you in between the ears, I guess you can say, um, having that mentality of, of wanting to get better every single day, competing, um, and then the training aspect comes from that, you know, uh, the physical training part of it, the weights, the you know, the technique, all that. Uh, but I think that it starts with training your mind from the get-go. From a, a young age, I guess, coming out of high school is when it really clicked for me. Was there something specific that you had to, like, change in high school or college that you learned that helped you become a better player? Yeah, so my uh, my senior year of high school, um, you know, I know you guys don't know my stats or anything, but I'm, I'm about six foot and a half, uh, 300 pounds. So, you know, a lot of guys my size don't really play collegiately or – or if they do, they don't really play uh, Division One A that often. So, like, to do that, um, you know, it takes a lot of lot of uh, willpower and um, self 
motivation because a lot of people, you know, they don't really believe in you, I guess you could say. Yeah. So yeah. like that, that kind of clicked for me, my senior year of high school when I just, I told myself, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, you know, I can do this and I'm going to do this. And that's what I, I uh, told myself every single morning waking up. It's what I wrote down on my mirror and expo marker. That's what I did my phone alarm as like, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Just little stuff like that. And that's just believing in yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was there, and that was more mental. Could you give example of physically training that you had to do that uh, changed? You know the way either the way you played football or the way you got ready to play football. That does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I did a lot of uh, the thing that really helped me physically is like explosive movements. Um, being the most explosive athlete that I can be, um, the quickest. You know, so a lot of the the physical aspect as far as you know. Quick feet, ladder drills, um, offensive line drills, um, shuffling, you know, anything to just make me a quicker athlete, more explosive athlete, that's what I did, you know. Um, bench press, I've, I've always liked bench press, but I've always done single arm bench press, you know, dumbbell work, um, just because you play with both hands, you never really play with them at the same time. Um, and so that's that's part of the physical training that helped me elevate my game. Okay. Um, so you actually, for this question, you – can probably give the listeners uh, a little more than the average college player because so you played at two different colleges. Um, so what can high school players be surprised about playing college ball? You know, are there any major differences or, or any similarities that players should expect? Absolutely. There's a big difference uh, between, you know, going from high school to college. Um, if you kind of look around the country and, you know, you ask guys that have played college football, your freshman year is going to be your hardest. No doubt about it. Like your freshman year is hard. A lot of guys are depressed, homesick. Uh, but the biggest thing is just adjusting to a transitional phase of your life, um, overcoming change. Um, that's going to be the hardest thing because you're the you're the new guy now. You know, you're a small fish in a big pond where you come from. In high school, you're a big fish, you know, in a small pond. And uh, and guys don't really learn how to deal with that because you're not put on a pedestal in college. You have to earn that, and you can't go into it, you know, expecting to be, you know, handed anything. You know, a lot of guys. That's what's I'm going to say this, that's what I feel like is a lot um, wrong with our generation is that people are too expecting of things. People are too, um, you know, they have their hands out. They don't want to work for it. They don't want to go get it. So if you have that mentality that you're, you know, you're an under, you always have that underdog mentality, have that mentality that you're going to prove people wrong and then have that mentality that you are supposed to be there and have that mentality that you're going to go take what you want. And I think that that'll get guys a lot farther than, than the average guy. Were there any similarities that surprised you? Between high school and college? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The thing that's, you know, was the same was the guys, the quality of guys you're around, you know. Um, football, the sport itself brings, you know, you normally, you're around the same type of people, you know. And I think that's what's so special about high school football and college football is that, you know, the people are great. Um, the games are, are, you know, I mean, it's the same distance. It's the same a lot of the similar offenses you're running, you know, it's just a, a bigger stage and bigger guys, but it's still football at the end of the day, you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, so we kind of touched on it earlier about your training, you know, mentally and physically, but can you give what advice, like if someone said, give me, if I was a high school athlete and I said, Joe, I need advice. I'm going starting college ball next year. Can you give me one piece of advice? What would that be? Do not go into college being out of shape. Um, <laughs> Don't be that guy. You know, you're going to be out there. You're running 110s. You're running gassers. You're going to be a freshman going in that summer, going to report for college. You, you haven't put the pads on yet. 
So you're going to be looked at by your, you know, your conditioning. That's something between you and you. You got to control your conditioning. Go in there and be in the best shape possible. That's the biggest piece of advice that I have. Don't worry about being strong, man. Yada yada yada. You're going to put that on. Your strength coach is going to develop you, but you can control your, you know, your stamina. Go out there and just be in shape. Um, you know, go out there and, and be competitive in everything that you do. And guys see that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you, so you, you could probably touch on this too, because you're a you're a lineman. Obviously, you're a big guy. What, what did you do to get yourself ready to be in shape? Like, any specifics? Um, a lot of the things that I did were, uh, were short bursts. I did, um, you know, five, ten-yard sprints, uh, stances, you know, come, out, come, off, come off the ball ten yards, and then, you know, that's one rep, and I do a lot of those, you know? Um, that was kind of how I got in shape. That's what I did. Um because you know, when you're an offensive lineman, you're, you only play three to five yards a down. You exactly. Know? Yeah. So it's just, um, it's just quick quickness. Yeah, just quick bursts, and then. But like I said, when you go into college, you find out from your strength and conditioning coach what it's gonna be like. Okay. Okay. Um. So you've obviously played. I mean, you've had a long football career, and you probably played in a lot of big games. So it's game day, a couple hours before kickoff. What's your mentality? How did how did you act? Because you know, every player is different, and. Some are calm and collected, and others are excited, and some are angry. And ang- there's so many different feelings a player could have. How how did you act? I was really calm, and I was really confident. Um, I never really showed my confidence, but uh, but I was always confident before games because my confidence came from my preparation. And um, you know, throughout the week, my that's what made me a good player because you know. Most of the time, I knew what the defensive linemen were doing before they did it. That's how much preparation that I put into it, and that's how much you know pride I took from it. And so, like before games, it was like, man, this is fun. Be confident. I know what's going to happen. I, I've replayed every situation in my mind. I would, I always drew stuff out. I was kind of like a crazy college athlete, you know, as far as like a micromanager, as far as doing all these little things. I did every little thing that I could to get my advantage over my opponent. So, like, I was always confident because I was always prepared. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does. Um, so did you have to – were you like – what age did you start playing football? Uh, I started playing when I was 12. 12. So from 12, were you always that confident? Did you have to work towards it? Did you? Did someone give you you know, a piece of advice to, or was that, was that just how you always were? No, I always had to work with it. I mean you have to work on it every day. You know, you always constantly speak to yourself, you know, tell yourself you can do it. But, you know, back then when I wasn't so confident, I'd say in high school I, I didn't prepare as well as I did in college. So going into games I was always, you know, anxious. Um, I would always, you know, think about things like, oh, I don't want this to happen or I don't want that to happen. Um, but I was always you – know, most of the time I'm a pretty calm guy, um, focused. I'm always really focused before games. Um but before college and high school, I was, yeah, I was a little nervous, a little anxious. Was there something you did um, during college, like before a game, that helped you calm down, or did you, you know, did you read a book, listen to music? Did, what is there something that you did that stands out? Uh, what I did before the game is, um, I mean, one of the biggest things that helped me was just like being around my teammates, you know, enjoying the moment. Yeah. Um, like just kind of like soaking it all in. Cause like, if you have the mentality, like, man, this is so awesome. Then like it relaxes you naturally, you know? Yeah. It's so, like before, if you're just like, man, this is cool. Like I'm a division one football player. I'm playing in college. Um, I'm about to play so-and-so what's, well, it's awesome, you know? Exactly. Um, so I'd say that's, that's the biggest thing. Okay. So Joe, I mean, you you were just telling me actually you just got out of practice. So what what's the next step for you in your uh, football career? You know, what are you doing? What are you working towards? 
So I went to, uh, I was with the Texans, and then I went up to Canada, and then um, now I'm volunteering out of college down in Florida. Um, so that's what I was just leaving practice from, uh, was just volunteering at this college. Okay, so what's, uh, what's the goal? The goal, I want to be a coach and a, a general manager one day. Oh, wow. Okay. That's actually, that's, you don't hear a lot of people say that. I mean, I, personally, that being a GM, I think, would be amazing. And I think players have a special insight, too. Um, so I think that's something that would be, I, I would love to do that one day. Um, do you have any, uh, any ways of working towards that now? Or you, do you have any you know, special connections or just working towards it on your own? Um, I, I want to, uh, to coach. I want to coach and then uh, work my way up, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, so like, that's kind of what I'm doing because it's a lot easier to go from a uh, from a coach to a GM than a GM to a coach, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think uh, – how do you think you'd be a, be as a coach? Do you think you'd be more – I mean, you were saying earlier you're calm, so do you think you'd be a calm coach or would you have a little, uh, little fire beneath you? Uh, I think I'd definitely have a little fire because I, I think that I'm going to try to expect the best out of my guys because – you know, I know that it's it's really not. I, I feel my personal philosophy is that it's really not hard to do the little things, but a lot of people don't do them. Um, so I'm definitely going to stress the little things and stress, you know, doing the right thing and you know just being your best every single day. I'm going to stress that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'll definitely be uh, prideful. You know, like I want my guys to play hard and play with a chip on their shoulder. So. All right. No. Yeah. That's great. Um, all right. So one more question. Um, it's a little personal one. So what? I mean, you've played football now for you know a lot of years. What's your greatest accomplishment in football? Um, my, the greatest accomplishment that I've ever had was being elected team captain at uh, at NC State after I was transferred there. So your um, first that year, was you were one of the best. That's you know that's huge for for me personally. I don't know, it was just a great feeling, you know. No, yeah, no, I I would understand too. And that, I, you know, I've been first team All Conference, honorable mention All ACC, offensive line MVP of my team, but. By far, it was uh, being elected team captain at NC State after I was a grad transfer. Yeah, so your first year there, you were the captain. Yeah, I was there for six months, and I got elected uh, team captain. Wow, that, that is actually that's amazing. Congratulations! Special. That's uh, I appreciate. Yeah, no, that that actually that that's really amazing. Um, all right. Anyway, Joe, I again, I want to thank you for coming out. We really appreciate it. You know, really smart guy, really uh, good football mind, and we hope to have you on again sometime soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, my man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So the Twitter beef question for you guys this week. You know, earlier we were talking about the least valuable players, and we know how you guys feel pretty strongly about one of the most controversial players of all time. And, of course, I'm talking about Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel. So the question is, would Johnny Menzel have ever succeeded in the NFL if it was not for all the off-the-field issues? Tyler, what are your thoughts? I, you know, I think this is a very interesting topic because every time we tweet about Johnny Menzel on I Live for Football, there is a full-fledged debate on if Johnny Menzel would have ever panned out ever. Um, I am of the mind. I am of the mind that Johnny Menzel um, would not have worked out. I don't think his play style. Um, it, you know, take take aside all of the off-the-field issues. Those obviously hindered his career. Um, but I don't think his play I, style. Sec, before you continue, when you say wouldn't have worked out, as in he would have 
fallen out of the league like he has, yeah, or he I, wouldn't have been like the star. No, I don't think he would have been a star. I think a lot of people look at what he did at Texas A&M and look at how you know how he was such a great college quarterback. And I'm not refuting that. I think he is like almost an all-time college quarterback just with some of the plays oh, yeah, he made. Absolutely. He was one of the best college Of course, but no that, I, no that does not always transfer to the NFL. And I think he's a pretty um, strong example of that. And take aside all the off-the-field stuff, but the fact that he was on the Browns. Um, just based off of the history of the Browns alone, I'm not sure he would have succeeded in that team. And I don't think you could have put him in any other scheme. You know, there's a real problem with players that he's not very big. You know, he's kind of a Cam Newton-style run and then throw second um, sort of a guy. He's, he's not near the size of And he's not near the size of Cam Newton. That guy gets tossed around the yard. Those players in, those players in the NFL are far bigger than anything he ever saw down in uh, down at Texas A&M. So I don't think he would have ever worked out. I think he would have fizzled. I don't think the Johnny Football Magic would have transferred over to the league. And, you know, if not for the, all the off-the-field issues, I think this would be a really clean-cut debate, and we could just all say, not working out for him. Um, okay, so while well, I agree with some of what you said, some of it I don't, I feel like if, if Menzo was in the right system, just like any player, any quarterback that's put in the right system will succeed. As we saw when we were talking about earlier, Jay Cutler, like, as much as I dislike Jay Cutler and whatever, when he was with Adam Gase... Uh, in Chicago two years ago, he had a really good season because of the system that Adam Gase put around him. So I think any quarterback, no matter the skill at all, if you're putting the system that supports the type of quarterback you are, you'll you'll succeed. So I think if Johnny was putting a a, a Texas A&M kind of you know play style right. team, that he would have he would have succeeded. I don't know if he would have been the star that he was in college. Yeah. But he definitely, I think he could have been a starter in this league for a couple years. You know, it's just like when I talk about Cam Newton, I don't think Cam Newton will be a starter in this league for more than 10 seasons. Yeah, he's, I, don't, I, he's I agree. The type of player right. he is, he takes a beating all the time. Mm-hmm. He can't be Tom Brady and play till he's no. 40. But he could have 10, you know, 10, 11 elite years. Well, and I think. You know, the thing is, I don't think, you're talking about systems, right? I don't think there's really a system in the NFL. In the NFL, to be a successful quarterback, you have to be able to stand in the pocket. And, and throw the football, and obviously not necessarily. Are you kidding? All the not all the great look at Aaron Rodgers. Look at, well, yeah, of course. But no, <laughs> but, like, look know, at Cam. I mean, look, look at quarterbacks. Look at Cam Newton, though. though. Like Cam Newton had that one great year. You know, he kind of had a lot of flair that year. Yeah, but now one great year. It was it was two years ago. He was the MVP. He he took his team to fifteen and one. Right. Into the Super. And they didn't make the playoffs next it's year. Like, it's not like this was some. It, it, it can work, and it's shown it could work. But now they're so I think if they're making him stand in the pocket, and they're making him throw the football, and they're they're realizing that because they don't want him, they don't want him to get a beating. They want Cam Newton for seven. But if you're saying switch. you can't have both, you can't say that they need to put him in a system where he can be himself, and then also he has to be able to run and not be a pocket quarterback. Because if if you don't want him to take a beating, he's gonna have to stay in the pocket. And if he doesn't have the skill set to throw from the pocket, he's not gonna be successful long term. So I think Johnny Manziel would have been the same. I, I, I agree with you. I'm not I'm not arguing that. But mm-hmm. in the one thing too we kind of covered it, is that he's not as big as Cam Newton or he's not as right. big as these quarterbacks that do run yeah and if he would take a beating a lot more easier than Cam Newton but like if you hit you Cam Newton's a big guy he's like huge a big yeah. guy and Johnny Menzel's what average height right like, yeah he's, he's one of us football players, he's, one so he's <laughs> obviously bigger yeah but he's uh he's an he's an average looking guy right and, you know you send these guys you send Luke Keekley for example hits him mm-hmm. it's not going to be no. the same um, so I definitely I agree with what so part of what you're saying. Yeah, Frank, what do you think about well, it? I mean, just like what I said for the least valuable player, I said it's the Cleveland Browns, and I think Tyler hit it right on the head when it said 
it's the wrong team for Johnny Manziel. Yeah. I think if he would have ended up on any other NFL team, he would have been successful. Honestly. It's kind of the same way with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott last year, if he would have gone to any other team, I don't think that he would have had the same success that he has in Dallas. I think, oh, no. I think that's Absolutely. part of it. Yeah, Dallas I think that's part of it. Dallas is perfect system for you Dak have Prescott. To have, you have to have a quarterback that fits your system and strives in your system. And Cleveland, I don't think, has a system. And I don't think... Now, my, my question to you would be is if we put Johnny Manziel in Dallas... Would he be successful, or would he have you know, been as successful as Dak Prescott? I feel it, it depends. I can't answer that question because, I, it, you know, it's been a while since I've watched Johnny Menzel playing a game. I've watched highlights, obviously, but a game and how the Dallas, you know, how the Cowboys play now, I think I think Dak is a smarter player. I think he's more of a vocal leader. I think, I think he does better in Dallas, but I think Johnny Menzel could have, could have played in Dallas. I mean, I, don't, I, I can't answer that question. Um, but you see what I'm saying, though, is I think part of his fallout was because he was on the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I don't think it's 100% to blame Johnny it, Manziel. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I think, no, the part, if he didn't have his issues... Well, the issues aside, yeah. I'm talking football, football player football, we saw, yeah. Texas A&M, if he would have been put on... Any other team. If, I mean, maybe not you like the argue, Titans you could, or like You Buffalo, can argue but, that but, yeah. if he puts on the Browns, though, he's given this chance to turn this dump of a franchise <laughs> into they a, need They need more than I mean, one they need player. more. But they really, they, I mean. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, but I feel like it was an opportunity for him to show if he's this franchise quarterback or mm-hmm. if he's an average quarterback mm-hmm. or if he's not a quarterback at all, yeah. which it looks like. Unfortunately, well, that's the way it's going to be. That's fair. So, guys, you've heard our thoughts about it. Uh, we want to hear yours. So make sure to go um, and start a thread on the Twitter Beef of the Week tweet, and we're going to read the best response that we get. We know you guys have a lot of thoughts about this because you've shared them with us in the past. So let's see them on the Twitter Beef of the Week tweet. Um, and that's what we got. Now we have something new for you guys, like we talked about earlier, some new segments, and this one we're really excited about. This one is the Huddle Highlight of the Week. So what we need you guys to do is DM us a huddle clip of a crazy play, game, anything that you had over the last week or whenever, and if it's good enough, we're going to post it for you. So that's something that we really want to do for you guys because you guys ball out on a weekly basis, and we want to make sure you get some exposure and the exposure you deserve. So on top of being the best clip of the week, um, you're going to get posted. You're going to get a shout-out. We're going to do that here for you on the Overtime Podcast. And farther than that, we're going to deck you out with some of our very own I Live for Football gear. So make sure to DM us your huddle clips and see if you're good enough to be the huddle highlight of the week. If you like what we did or just absolutely freaking hate what we did, make sure to DM us either way, and we'll guarantee that we'll respond to you. We want to hear what you have to say. Help us make the show better if we can. Make sure to follow us online everywhere at ILFF Podcast and at I Live for Football, of course, to stay in the loop and not miss out on being featured on the page on I Live for Football, on the podcast page, or on the show. I want to thank you all again so much for listening. Tune in next week for our brand new episode of Overtime, brought to you, as always, by I Live for Football.